0: Hi, we're the Mind Body Couple.
1: I'm Tanner Murtaugh.
0: And I'm Ann Hampson.
1: And this podcast is dedicated to helping you unlearn neuroplastic pain and mind body concerns.
0: Hi, everyone.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back.
0: Welcome to our podcast today. We have an important topic today. We want to discuss trauma and its connection to chronic pain.
1: Mm -hmm. And when we're recovering from chronic pain, chronic symptoms that are a my body issue, Mm -hmm. trauma has a big role in this. Yeah. It has a big role in what triggers and perpetuates our physical symptoms. And also in terms of healing, a lot of times we need to process trauma. Now we're aware that even discussing trauma can be triggering for people.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And so it's just really checking in with yourself before listening to this episode to make sure that it's accessible to you to handle hearing about this because we are gonna talk about symptoms of trauma, you know, traumatic things that can happen to us and how we need to work through this in terms of healing.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point, Tanner. And I like that. You've prefaced this episode with making sure that you're in the right place to kind of listen to this episode and feel safe. We hope today that we deliver it in a safe, comfortable manner. Um, but we definitely think it's something that needs to be discussed. And I want to highlight here that not everyone experiencing chronic pain has trauma in their background. But for some people, this is very much linked and often is something that needs to be looked at on the healing journey.
1: Yeah. When we talk about trauma, there's a lot of definitions Mm -hmm. of trauma out there. Yeah. Some really good ones. The one that I prefer more recently is Peter Levine's definition. And this is what he states. Trauma originates as a response in the nervous system and does not originate in an event. Trauma is in the nervous system, not in the event.
0: Okay, so can you explain a little bit then of what that means or what that's looking at?
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about in a second what a trauma response in the nervous system looks like. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when people talk about trauma, they think about a traumatic event. And I think that's a really vague way of looking at it because one event could leave someone traumatized, trauma response Mm -hmm. in the nervous system. And someone else completely fine and move through it so it's not the event itself that was traumatic it's the response that happens in the nervous system
0: right i think that makes a lot of sense like we hear stories of two people experiencing something very horrific or very intense but they respond very differently following
1: yeah and we're going to talk about you know typical events in this episode that can Mm -hmm. result in a trauma response sure But that's not a complete list because this is very individual yeah and we want to really validate everyone's trauma in the sense that you know even as we talk about it today don't get the idea that you know we're defining that trauma has to be a certain way and that's what trauma means because trauma can look very differently person to person and the events that trigger it can look very different person Mm -hmm. to person
0: and so it sounds like what we're we're looking at then is the response Following mm. it, and what that has been,
1: yeah. And so, from a polyvagal somatic lens, mm. trauma is really chronic overactivation of the sympathetic, so you're more mobilized, fight or flight, or the dorsal vagal system, which is your more shut down, collapse state. And it can result. This overactivation can result in look the following way. So we're going to kind of define this for people. Yeah. So an overactivation of the sympathetic system, some of the physical symptoms can be difficulty breathing, increased heart rate, difficulty sleeping or inability to sleep, chronic pain, tension or physical symptoms. But the mental symptoms can look like racing thoughts, worry and obsessive thinking, anxiety, irritation, panic or rage.
0: One question I have about this, Tanner, for listeners that might be like trying to understand if they relate to this, would this would these be symptoms all the time when triggered or in memory of the event or or what, what would they be looking for in terms of experiencing these type of symptoms?
1: Yeah, when we talk about, you know, chronic overactivation, it does need to be chronic. Okay. Because, so ongoing,
0: continuous. Yeah.
1: Pain. Everyone experiences anxiety to some mm. degree sometimes. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're having a trauma response. It's they're in the sympathetic system, but this chronic overactivation it means they're there really often. Yeah. And whether it's certain things triggering it in the environment or internally, it's it's chronic. It's more constant. It's not like you're there all the time. Everyone has moments where they shift to a safe and connected place, even more deep in the trauma response. But it's more that it's become very chronic.
0: Okay, and so when we're looking at overactivation of the dorsal vagal system, physical symptoms that we might see are exhaustion, low energy, low muscle tone, numbness, poor immune function, issues maybe with digestion, chronic pain, chronic fatigue. Mental symptoms that we might be looking for are air dissociation, depression, numbness, disconnection in relationships and just like a general lack of responsiveness
1: and so when we talk about chronic pain and symptoms Mm. it can very much result from a trauma response in the nervous system yeah and so to heal from chronic pain and symptoms for a lot of people we need to process our trauma we need to regulate our nervous system to get consistent you know reduction or elimination in symptoms
0: and now therapeutically, I think that can be very scary for a lot of people to think of, okay, I have to process that. I have to go back to that. And so what would you say to that, Tanner, as a therapist?
1: Yeah, and you're right. It can be scary starting to work hmm. through trauma. And I think a lot of therapists, you know, we're, we're trained to be able to deal with this. Yeah. And we're trained to go slow and to make it gentle in the process, and not to rush people. Because just because someone comes into my office and maybe has chronic pain and trauma, and it's clear the trauma is linked to it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're wanting to do that. They're wanting to focus on that and you know you want to make sure the therapist that you're seeing is respecting that Mm -hmm. that you know people make their own decisions around that and it's one of those things that it doesn't want to be forced but you know working through trauma can have a lot of benefits long term it's just in the short run it can cause dysregulation starting to work through things
0: yeah i like your thoughts around the fact that it should always be safe it should feel safe as scary as it might be or anxiety provoking as it might be knowing that you're going through this process safely and with somebody that you trust Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Yeah, it's important to build rapport with the person you're meeting with yeah to ensure that you feel safe in that relationship as you start to process trauma Mm -hmm. and work through things Mm -hmm. and there can be a lot of benefit we've seen this yeah because trauma is highly linked to widespread chronic pain fibromyalgia migraines headaches fatigue and other my body symptoms Mm -hmm. and so by actually working through some of that you know the symptoms can start to reduce or become eliminated completely
0: well and that's right and that makes sense like when you think of trauma um, and the event or how the nervous system is reacting afterwards that Gets stored in our body we, we hold on to that we and so processing in a lot of ways in whatever way that might look mm-hmm. there's tons of different ways to deal with or work through trauma yeah. um but that creates a release so if we think it's coming out in pain we want to find another way to work through it
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so as we're talking about you know when we experience trauma mm. in our past the nervous system can remain stuck in this fight, flight, freeze, shutdown state. Yeah, And what happens on a nervous system level is it becomes disorganized and breaks down. So it really doesn't have an ability to shift. Now, of course, there's lots of therapies where we're able to do that, but that's what's taking place. And I like Deb Dana's quote on this. She talks about how trauma replaces patterns of connection with patterns of protection so we're in when we're in a ventral vagal safe and connected place we feel calm we feel socially engaged with the world we feel connected mm-hmm. your you know, nervous system is looking to connect but when we start to get into these defense states all of a sudden the goal is protection okay. the goal is to protect we get kind of caught into that
0: so it's not like the the brain or the body is trying to harm us it's almost trying to keep us safer yeah but looking at it on that lens is not always helpful as you move forward
1: no and you know dr schubiner talks about the slots in the sense that you know your brain is trying to protect you by producing pain and symptoms yeah we don't like how it's doing it. And I validate that for anyone who's been in pain, I I relate to that, but it is, it's a protective mechanism that's taking place. And so by actually shifting to a safe place in our nervous system, the brain and nervous system, they no longer have a a need to protect us by producing pain or symptoms.
0: I like thinking about it in this way. That's a very, because often, um and i hear this from people of like okay why is my brain doing this to me or why am i feeling this way and that like frustration and anger but viewing it as in like okay the brain is actually working so hard to care for us shifts a little bit of that relationship review the Mm -hmm. whole experience of
1: chronic pain yes yeah we need to shift that we need to shift the way we're thinking about it the way we we understand and believe like our beliefs about our pain and Mm -hmm. symptoms um and changing the cognition and the way we think about it can make a big shift too
0: Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like thank you brain now i'm gonna
1: take over yeah i'm going to do it this way now yeah it's making those steps to create safety for yourself and your own system so that we no longer need to be in these defense states yeah and so a big place to start is identifying, you know, have I experienced trauma? Okay. And again, it's not the size of the dangerous event that you faced. It's understanding, did you have a trauma response of chronic dysregulation in your nervous system following such events?
0: I like that again, that you're saying that way and that's often I think how a lot of professionals or, or people view trauma in terms of like a dysregulated nervous system connected to trauma is what is the impact now.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we made a bit of a list of common events that we see mm-hmm. triggering a trauma response. Yeah. And I want to be clear, this is not a complete list. No. So if some trauma you experienced isn't on this list, it, this list is by no means to, meant to invalidate some trauma that you faced. These are just common ones, but this is also very individual, person to person.
0: Well, and I think we also wanna say it goes the other way too. So if you have experienced this, it doesn't mean you're having negative symptoms connected to that experience now. Um, And that would be up to any of our listeners to go see a mental health professional and make sure you get that diagnosis or that clear understanding of if it is impacting you now.
1: Mm And so the first one I thought we discussed is childhood adversity. Mm -hmm. And so childhood adversity for a lot of people causes a trauma response in childhood that just progresses on into adulthood. Mm. And so when we look at childhood adversity, this could be lots of things. This could be a death in the family, residing in institutional care, financial concerns in the family, being afraid of a family member, conflict in the family, parental divorce, serious or chronic illness in the family a family member being having an addiction concern or mental health concern and it can also be things like sexual physical and emotional abuse Mm -hmm. and so that's a that's a long list of things yeah but all of these things have the potential to create a trauma response in the nervous system.
0: I think something that's common with everything you listed, Tanner, is this feeling of maybe unsafe or kind of shifting that safety experience.
1: Yeah. It shifts us from a state of safety to a state of protection and survival. Yep. And of course, in adulthood, some of these things apply as well. Of course. especially things like sexual, physical, emotional abuse that can happen in adulthood too. But we also look at things like bullying, whether it's in your childhood or whether it's in a workplace, that, that really can leave people feeling very defenseless and having this response. Another common ones are traffic accidents, toxic relationships, a life-threatening event. And I think a really common one with chronic pain and symptoms is medical trauma.
0: Okay, so talk more about that, because I think that's something that might resonate with people.
1: Yeah, so when we talk about medical trauma, it could be procedures. It mm. could be procedures going wrong. It could be being stigmatized in the medical setting. So when we look at medical trauma, there's lots of you know, research to support that these types of things result in a trauma response. And when we have chronic pain and symptoms, you know, you're, you're constantly interacting with the medical system. And again, I don't think at the onset that the medical system is trying to harm people. It's just kind of the result of some of these things sometimes. But even when we talk about chronic pain and symptoms in and of themselves, yeah. like those can be traumatic.
0: How can those lead to maybe that trauma response in the nervous system just from that?
1: Yeah, well, you think about it, you start to get these symptoms. Mm. No matter what you do, they won't go away. Yeah, All the medical things are not helping you. They just keep getting worse and you can see what results in people feeling very hopeless and helpless about things and that's really part of what this podcast is is to show a mind-body approach to show that there is hope in terms of recovering but when we're in chronic pain symptoms i remember this you know my my nervous system got to a place of being just shut down yeah like i for hours a day i would just be dissociative like trying not to connect with anything in my life
0: and that was that protection
1: yeah because it was too overwhelming and no matter what I did it wouldn't get better I think early on when I had symptoms I had a lot more hope and that faded really quickly to this chronic dysregulation of my nervous system right and so you know it can be important for people to spend some time you know if it feels accessible kind of thinking about this like did you experience trauma in your life and Another useful thing that Dr. Schubert talks about is making a bit of a timeline. You know, when these overwhelming events happened mm-hmm. and you have more of this defense response in your nervous system, do they line up at all when pain or symptoms came on
0: Yes, throughout your life? And I like that. And that's something that we often talk with people about too, is when did these symptoms start for you?
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, when we talk about trauma. Um, we lose our ability like we lose our ability to have regulating ventral vagal energy mm-hmm. where we do feel safe and connected and we lose that ability and homeostasis in our nervous system gets all off balance so I looked up mm-hmm. the definition of homeostasis okay, in, that's in, good. in the dictionary I love that in these show notes I put dictionary definition <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else you put but homeostasis can be defined as a stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. So trauma, it interrupts the natural flow of your nervous system. Mm. Because our nervous system, we've talked about this before, it wants to have this flow between having more energy and having less energy. And this makes sense as you go about your day, we all experience this. Earlier today, I was doing like a presentation, so I had more energy. And I wasn't so much fight or flight, but it was more energy. I was mobilized for a period of time. And then after that, I felt myself without me forcing it, starting to get less energy. And I naturally just down-regulated it. And this is your, your sympathetic and parasympathetic system, just having this natural flow of more energy and less energy and going back and forth in this way trauma interrupts that natural flow yeah that's what we mean happens where people either get stuck in really high energy high sympathetic or really low energy just completely shut down and so with any trauma therapy that people are doing over time you know we want to work towards achieving homeostasis Mm-hmm. Because that's going to promote health, growth, and restoration. When your nervous system starts to naturally regulate. And so it's a, it's achieved when we are able to bring in some of that ventral vagal energy while we're attending to these defense states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we want to give a message of hope here yeah. because the renegotiation of trauma, which is what they talk about, uh, what Peter Levine talks about, is the process where the trauma response, the high sympathetic or dorsal activation is reorganized into a natural aliveness and vitality. And that's what we're kind of looking for over time.
0: (laughs) We talked about earlier on about sometimes we might have to address the trauma, process the trauma. So when we look at it in this lens of reorganization, Mm -hmm. what might that look
1: like? Yeah, and that can look like a lot of different things depending on the trauma model. Yeah. You know, at our clinic, we have a diversity of approaches we use.
0: Right. So it's not always for everybody. It's not always talking about it and revisiting or processing in that way.
1: No, because, you know, some of the stuff we pulled from her from polyvagal or Mm -hmm. somatic experiencing, there's very little emphasis put on like the story, the memories. They're they're discussed to some degree, but just to get to the activation of the nervous system and learning to work through it—that's mm. one idea of trauma and how we work with it. Other trauma models work more with memory, yep. um, like prolonged exposure, mm-hmm. EMDR, um, ART. Like these are all other models um, that use different techniques to process trauma. Mm -hmm. And people need to find what kind of fits best for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that goes with that safety that we're talking about. If you do believe you have trauma and you believe you have this nervous system response connected to your pain, then it is looking at, okay, what might work best for me? And it's nice to know that there's different ways of doing this out there for people.
1: Mm -hmm. So we hope this episode was helpful for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to think about yeah uh, it's a lot to work through and as we said throughout the episode it's definitely beneficial to involve a mental health therapist yeah um, that's experienced with trauma to kind of work through these things with you
0: yeah for sure and so I echo what Tanner said um, but we hope this was helpful and given some information for people to reflect on
1: mm-hmm. and the message of hope is that If we're able to process trauma and regulate our nervous system, Mm -hmm. we're in a much better position where pain and symptoms can start to reduce.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we will talk to you all next week.
0: See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to book in a session with one of our therapists, you can go to our website at painpsychotherapy.ca.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram at painpsychotherapy.com where me and Anne are posting content daily and are there to respond to your comments. Also, check out our YouTube channel, which is named Tanner Myrtle MSW RSW.